Hey, this is the Guardians of the Films. I'm Ian. And I'm Natalie. And this is our podcast. What should we talk about? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? I'll follow your lead. Bit of both. Welcome to the Guardians of the Films. So what we are going to be talking about here is essentially sitcoms, uh, the pilots and the finales. So the starts and ends to some of our favorite sitcoms. Uh, we have a couple here on a, on a board here, so, so we're, cause we're visual learners. <laughs> uh, we can go over, we're mainly going to go over five from what I understand, right? Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think we have six The here. Good Place, The Office. Oh, we weren't going to do The Office, I think. Mm. Kim's Convenience, Scrubs, and... And Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll say once again, we'll talk about, we'll talk about the, uh, the pilots first, um, but we might have some finale talk inter sort of connecting through that, so there will be a spoiler warning for those uh, six shows in particular. Um, and to start off with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you want to talk about the pilot for a second? Uh, pilot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, I found, is actually one of the stronger episodes, um, and a stronger pilot, I think, because it, um, it sets up all of the problems that the characters end up overcoming towards the end. It sets up, uh, it sets up Holt as a new character, so it, like, puts you right into, like, a main conflict with all of the main characters and their relationships. Um, and it kind of just, it's a fast start, and it just gets, gets everything introduced really quickly and efficiently, I think. Yeah, there's always sort of, like, in every show, I feel like, in every sitcom at least, there's, there tends to be a, a character who is new to the situation that there's already a running, running organization, running group, running whatever, and then there's a new character being introduced, and that is, that gives the opportunity for the show to tell us what we need to know about the other characters and the situation, things like that. So Holt is used in the situation where Terry has to tell him, oh, this is this person, this is this person, this is what they're all like, you know what I mean? Give a little bit of that there. Uh, in The Good Place, Eleanor is coming in, then the guy's talking about The Good Place. Um, in The Office, it's like the person behind the screen is sort of the good, the new person. So in the first episode, Michael is talking about like, oh, I like to run the ship like this, you know what I mean? And we get introduced to it. Do you disagree with that sort of idea? Like scrubs. I think that that's a really strange way of putting it because with all of those, it's more like the characters are getting put into brand new situations. With the office, it's it's like, I guess I could see that where the like camera is the new character, but with with the good place and like community, you have these characters who have never met each other before getting thrown into new situations instead of something pre-established that's getting disrupted. You know? True, but I don't know. So it, it's kind of a mix of the both. So like in Scrubs, yes, there are some new characters, but then they also come into a, a huge situation when you meet a whole bunch of other characters who have worked together for a long period of time, things like that. So I think The Good Place is, I guess, one of the few where people don't really know each other. Um, but in The Good Place, you're still, everything is being described to you as, oh, this is the afterlife, this is heaven, this is blah, 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 um, by Michael, right, at the start. Yeah. And if and if there wasn't any, like, new, somebody being into this new situation thing, they wouldn't have the opportunity for that explanation. True. That's what I mean. Like, there's okay. always an, what I essentially mean is that there's always an opportunity for, for explanation. I see. 
um, that and and it comes in unique ways. Like in each one of those ways, basically, it's different. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the main character, is part of the old group, but then he has to deal with a new boss. You know what I mean? In yeah. Scrubs, the main character is is a new intern coming into a hospital, and he has to meet everybody else. And so there's different things like that. I'm not sure about Shit's Creek, but I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, Shit's Creek, it'll follow the. It's family. just an event changing, right? With them yeah. losing money or something. Yeah, they lost all their money, and they had to move to a town that they owned, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked Brooklyn Nine-Nine's beginning. The, it, it, I thought it did a good job of setting up, yeah, and also like um, Jake and Amy's like playful relationship yeah. from the very beginning. You know what I mean? You can see that, okay, this is what they both like. One follows rules, one isn't, and, but they both have this like semi-respect, semi-competitiveness uh, against each other and things like that. Yeah. That sort of, you can tell automatically from the start has potential to bud into a new relationship and things like that. Um, which is just sort of well done. Um, yeah, and I always enjoy Holt and Boyle. Those are my two favorite characters in 99. I think they just have, like... Holt pretending to be straight <laughs> is, like, one of the funniest things in my mind of, like, any sitcom, any, like, any like running gag in any sitcom. It's, like, one of the top things for me. Where Seriously? It's just, yeah, it's just, like... I don't know, just, just how he does it all the time and how he, like, tries to look like he's... He tries to act like he's interested in things that he isn't, but then also he says it, like his entire personality, he doesn't show interest in anything. <laughs> yeah. So he tries to act interested, but it's so obvious that he's like... And it's just completely monotone. Yes. Oh my gosh. There's, there's quotes I could say, but I'm going to not because... Um, <laughs> the. Because he's being like very yes, explicitly graphic. sexual just to like overcompensate. Yes, but it's it, the overcompensation is just hilarious. Um, and yeah, that's one of my favorites. And then Boyle is is the classic like, I mean, I think that that sort of thing happens a lot with a lot of different shows. I mean, of course, a lot of these characters are gonna have very similar traits and very similar tropes and things like that. Um, but Boyle has a lot of the, he doesn't realize what he's saying is is inappropriate yeah. or, or awkward or like, and and he's just so, he's so like a hundred percent all the time, and it's so like extra all the time. You know what I mean, like. And him pretending he's part of Jake and Amy's relationships and being like, when is our baby coming? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Those are my two favorite characters for sure of, of 99. And they could get it set up in the plot uh, pilot story. Yeah. Um, I would agree with Holt. He's definitely my favorite main character. But I also really like all of the side characters in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, I really like Pimento and Doug Judy. Every episode that they're in, yeah. those, those are my favorites. I love them. Yeah, the Pontiac Bandit, and I like Kevin, too. Do you know yeah. what a clapback is, Raymond? <laughs> because I do. Yeah. <laughs> and the one, uh, them having to watch all the Nicolas Cage movies, and then the one movie that's, like, <laughs> yeah. an actual good movie that Kevin might like, and he's like, what? Um, yeah, this book and Island's pilot, it has some good jokes and everything. It's pretty good. Uh, we rated, what, like a 7, 7.5 out of 10? And so these ratings, yes. uh, don't listen to them too much. This is just our our opinions on like how well they set up, or and then in the finale case, how well they close out the story. It's not like the episode as a whole, but like what it means in relation to the series, right? That's how yeah. we're that's how we're sort of reading these. Um, so yeah, like how good is the pilot for the series of Brooklyn Nine Nine? Um, and then do you want to do you want to talk go straight into finales or do the, all the pilots and all the finales? Uh, we could start with pilots, I guess. Okay. 
So the good place pilot, uh, do you want to touch on that again? Uh, yeah, that one was pretty basic. It sets up all of the characters in an expected way, but I think that um, it was engaging enough in the story that like the obvious exposition was still like interesting to follow because it's such a strange topic and plot to set mm-hmm. up. So it's like even though they went with a pretty basic way of introducing all of the characters and the situation and everything, it um it like it needed that basic structure so that the strange concept would just like be less strange in comparison. And it's uh it's a unique like situation and setting. Whereas everything else is like in the real world, these people and stuff like that. It's yeah, like, like workplace it's, or yeah, there's, the family. Exactly. There there's there's laws of physics that don't apply and there's things like yeah. that and, and they some, have to set up a whole new set of rules for this entire world that they've created. Yeah, and so that was it was done pretty well. I mean I have problems with the show in general. Like a decent amount of problems that I might touch on throughout this podcast. Um, but I think, yeah, it does a good job of sort of setting up and, and setting expectations for the show as well. Um, favorite episode, favorite, favorite character that, yeah, the lead in this one's Eleanor Shellstrup. Yeah. Um, and but I think we both like Chidi the most. Yes, Chidi's my favorite, but Jason is a close second. Oh my And gosh. you don't like Jason. I literally, it's I'm, Jason sorry, I'm sorry fans of Jason to the pot and resisting this. I hate Jason. Like, it bugs me so so he he's bugs me. such a pure, innocent dumbass. But he's not. He's not pure and innocent. He's like literally like a not a good person while but being But he doesn't jerk. know it. He's just going through. He thinks that he's being a good person. No, he doesn't. He does. He doesn't think that he's doing bad things. He thinks that there is a means, that, like it's a means to an end. Like how he died, he was, was doing trying it to rob somebody. for his like dance crew though, right? That's what it was, right? I believe. I don't remember. It's either like, way, it's either way, you should still not do bad things to other people and be like, it's fine because it's for me. Like, no, I hate him. I'm sorry. I hate him. <laughs> Chidi, is, but, Chidi is good because Chidi, like, he cares about people and he always thing, tries to do good things. But thing he also has some I, good humorous moments. Yes. The thing I don't like about Chidi is that all of the other main characters have a reason for being in the good, pl- the bad place. You'll be like, yeah, that makes sense that they're in the bad place. They weren't very nice on Earth. They have redeeming qualities that make them relatable and stuff, but like, yeah, it makes sense that they went to hell. But um, with Chidi, his reason for going to hell was having anxiety over making decisions because his parents were fighting and were gonna get a divorce when he was a kid. That's why he went to the bad place. Like that, that, that can't be right. He always Again, had other people's best interest in mind. I have a lot of mind. flaws with the show. Um, that <laughs> I think we I think that we might we might get into a little bit too much if we let us just go down that tangents because yeah like there's there's problems with the um, and again spo- spoilers here for for the show as well right um, there's flaws with like the point systems and stuff like that and how they can show it and how they rationalize it and also and yeah like like I I one hundred percent in terms of the finale and whatever. I 100% believe that Jason should not be in a good place. I am firmly in that camp of he but does he... not deserve to go to the good place at all. Um, like he, I, in me personally, I didn't see any change in the first episode season one to the last episode season 
like for I didn't see any any ways that he's like really better to make him deserve to have anything good the main um, reason that made him a bad person was that he wasn't attentive towards others and so he was completely he just disregarded other people's needs and I think that at least with Janet and with uh, Tahani, I think that he actually did improve. Okay, so he he has some improvements on two people that he cares about, but I don't think that decides if you're a good person. As... If I just treat like a girlfriend good and I treat everybody else terribly, that doesn't mean I'm a good person. It means that I really care about the girlfriend and I built and I'm putting the girlfriend and my needs above everybody else's, and that's what he's doing all the time. You don't really see him interacting with other characters, though. True, but you don't see any remorse, any oh, I want to do good, anything like that. He literally just, all he does is go, oh, Janet kind of wants this. I'm going to try and do that, which is good. But you don't see any like, hey, maybe I shouldn't have stolen on the ground. You don't see him like work through any of that. You don't see him like, oh, maybe I was kind of a bad person. Like Eleanor is like, okay, I was a bad person when yeah, I was there. she's the main character. Well, I mean, but every other character goes, okay, I realized what I was doing wasn't as good and I'm better now like Chidi. He doesn't do it as much, but also we both agree that the reason he would be punished isn't really that yeah. good anyways. So it's hard for him to like be, yeah, that was really wrong when even the audience is like, it isn't really that wrong. Um, but he, yeah, but he just doesn't, he doesn't have any remorse or anything like that. Whereas the other girl, Tani, was like 100%, no, I, I realized what it was wrong, made amends with the sister, made amends with the parents, like completely fixed everything there. And he was just like, Wow, my girlfriend feels sad. I or my my partner feels sad. I'm now gonna make them feel happy. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I feel like that's enough for the extent of a character that he had, like for the extent of his like importance to the plot and everything. Like yeah, it's not perfect as you're saying, but like I I mean like uh, they can't finish the show and be like sorry, buddy, you're left behind. Um, but. I just don't like it because I don't think he deserves to be in this. <laughs> like the other people, I think they, they did change and they did sort of see some of the errors of their ways and things like that. Even I mean, the, the physics place, sort though. of behind it of like when, it, when they have their memories erased and they yeah. and they just suddenly become good when they don't have the and they just have the memories of being bad. I don't really agree with that being a premise. But it's like um, they get their character development back or whatever. Yeah, but it's like you didn't go through the whole thing that gave you character development. You know but I mean? when they have their memories, it's as if they did. Yes, when 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 they get their memories back, but like they reset her memories, um, Eleanor's whatever, and send her to Earth, right? And then she's just like becomes a good person, and like multiple things. You know what I mean? Like like not right off the bat, and some situations, things like that, but. Multiple times they like erase their memories and then they're just like they're good again and it's like it's trying to tell the story of like humans are good but it's like I don't know it didn't hit a mark for me but anyways we're talking a bit too much about like the show in general this show um, is like has a lot in it so but maybe I think we, we can, can I think we can talk more about that in the finale part yeah we we just want to touch we on the pilots and the shows in general so the office classic yeah it's, it's one of those that like it I think that it sets up the characters in a very different way from how they. Uh, decide to take it in I don't. the I early think, seasons. I think they set it up well, but I, I don't remember it like super well. Especially Michael, because they set him up as like the office bully. But then, did they? Yeah, they did, with the like aggressive demeanor and not a lot of positive responses from 
all of the employees and then I don't know I mean he kind of is an office bully still to yeah. like before he just but before he leaves like pretty he's... early on you get to see that side of him that just wants love and it's like he just wants to be loved by everyone in the office and it's not because he's a jerk it's just because he's like he's misplacing his enthusiasm and his eagerness to be accepted by the office you know mm-hmm yeah, I suppose so. But I don't know. I feel like it sets up everybody else's characters good, though, at least. I guess Maybe so. not Michael as much, but, like, everybody else's, it's who they are. And Michael, it's it's missing that part of him wanting the love stuff, but I feel like they have to introduce, like, ten characters, and mm-hmm. it's hard And it's hard to get, while making it funny, it's hard to have that slow moment of him going, I just want love, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. I think you can kind of get it, like, in the opening lines or whatever, like, People say, I'm the best boss. You know what I mean? Like, you can see how happy he is and how, like, you can already see he's kind of deluded. And he's, like, world's best boss mug. And he's, like, I bought it at Spencer's Gifts. You know what I mean? Like, you can see that he wants to be that. Yeah, but the way that it's presented in the earliest episodes is that, um, like, he's more self-centered and arrogant and all of that stuff. Okay. And then they actually did make a big turnaround after, I think it was just the first three episodes. Like it was pretty early on. They didn't get the, um, they didn't get a response that they wanted to from that character, and so they changed it. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, but I mean, like, I think yeah, I think I want to. Michael is like an iconic character from a sitcom yeah. and everything, but I'm thinking back on it, I don't think he's as much like character development as I thought. Like he kind of is the same. But then at the end, it's just because of, again, his love for one person and Jim going like, hey, do this. And then he's like, okay, I'll try that out. And then it works. And he's like, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I don't know. He still does the sort of, like, that, that's, a, that's the thing. When he left, and we'll touch on this in the finale, but I just wanted to remember, while well, I remember, when he left, he went to Angel and was like, I kind of thought we were going to, like, hook up or whatever. <laughs> and, like, it felt... It felt out of place because I feel like he did have some character development. And then they said that joke. And I was like, that is like, it feels like sexual harassment after yeah. he's known her for this long. And like, he's sort of tried to grow out of that whole sexual harassment problem. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and he's got a wife and everything like that. So it felt weird that he, like, it felt both on brand and off at the same time. Where I was like, okay, well, with, with his like, quote unquote, character development, he shouldn't have said that. Yes. But that is a very like earlier season Michael thing to do and because they're trying to call back to the earlier seasons I understand it but I don't agree with it necessarily yeah I completely agree with that it's like out of place but you see why they put it there yeah yeah because yeah like the whole point is that he's supposed to like appreciate his workers more and and not be as inappropriate and things yeah. like that and then it's like he says that and it's like okay um but anyways that's that's that it's <laughs> the office yeah. um uh, Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience. Kim's the Convenience gay pilot discount. episode. That is actually my favorite episode. I've seen it many, many times. Why is it your favorite episode? <laughs> it's, to me, it's the funniest. Um, I like all the different characters that come in and out of the store. You don't, especially in the later seasons, when it's more based on um, developing the characters and less on the situations that they're in, you don't get to see as many convenience store antics, but you get a lot of those in this episode I find because yeah it's just the easiest way to have uh, Appa interacting with all the characters and it's just 
an easy setting to get Janet in there and have just whoever coming in and out. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's that... the funniest, and you get all of the side characters, and yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I, and I feel I like how they sort of right off of the bat they they bring in a character and they bring in a, a, a situation where it's like with the gay discount and stuff like that like it's it's like slightly political but it's not it's and it like, like it it flows easily like a lot of shows and i've had this problem a lot with superstore and with some brooklyn 99 episodes and things like that where it, it can get some 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 sitcoms and things like that can get very very like preachy about a certain topic or very like a certain wing of the political spectrum and like yeah. stick to it and like literally in some of these shows they straight up say you are a terrible person if you're the other side they've literally said that in a show that i'm watching i'm like this is ridiculous like this is a political thing and you're having that strong of a stance but that's when it becomes propaganda exactly that's what i'm thinking but like in this it was like it touches on the topic but it's like in a still a light humorous way but it also like addresses it to a decent extent yeah. at least that's how i felt when i was watching i was like it's kind of funny seeing like kid, uh, Appa's like older views while kind of having a newer twist and not being like very judgmental, but he was like he still had kind of those things, he, and like, you're like he didn't fully understand it, but he was still like exactly he yeah, acted but he was, as if he knew more than he actually did. Yeah, and he yeah he didn't fully understand it, but like he he wasn't like negative to it. You know what I mean? Like he mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I I thought it was well done in that sense, but again I am. I don't have a, a perspective that you have, right? So I'm not sure. Yeah, I I liked it. Yeah, you I liked agree. it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on that as well because I think that that's an important thing, especially with sitcoms and TV and things like that nowadays. Yeah. Where it's really I, hard to find that balance between like yeah. humor without like demoralizing the topic and serious without pushing an agenda. I think like if you look on like IMDb and things like that, like every episode of Superstore is the biggest one for me. Every episode that has those political things is rated like at least four whole stars out of ten lower, and it's like they're just and it's because they don't they don't do a balance they they definitely don't and I really appreciate the convenience for doing that balance. Um, I feel like the Canadian TV shows do it really well. Like Shit's Creek has moments like that where it's like I haven't seen Shit's Creek, so I can't touch on it. But it's like you are talking about something political, but you're not forcing an agenda you're just like discussing it openly, yes. and it's great yeah and, that, and that's and what and another one yeah. called sort of also does that a lot with gender sexuality racism things like that it's great i love it yeah <laughs> um and kimchi and appa i think are our favorites you like yes. kimchi i like appa um i keep saying appa appa yes appa okay sure i just keep thinking <laughs> of i think you think of avatar yeah appa. when i think when i say appa um, he basically is the dad of the group Touche. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are great characters. I really, really like, in Kim's Convenience, I really, really like um, Appa and Amma. Uh, I like their relationship. I really, yeah. like, it feels really natural. It feels really, like, sentimental. It feels like they've been dating for a long time. Like, it's like what you see, like, what I see sometimes with, like, my parents every once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, you just see that, like, this is two people who have lived together for such a long time. They they know all the ins and outs of each other, and they have a little playful little banter and things like that. That I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was that that relationship through the, through the entire show was my favorite part of the show. 
and seeing like the family dynamics and things like that and like in modern family which we aren't going to touch on this much but um you see some of that especially with like um well there's three couples right you see in all three of them um but you don't they're younger couples they haven't been together as long so you don't see like you don't see it as 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 wholesomely i feel like you know what i mean they're still like they're still going through things they're still figuring out how their relationship works in different situations but with up and ama it's like yeah. they've already gone through everything they're yeah just they're like... so they're so comfortable with each other and so like they know each other so well and it's yeah. nice and it makes you go like i want that yeah. you know what i mean like it's just and when i was watching that i was like that was my favorite part i was commenting on it many times to whoever would listen i'm like i love this these two in this relationship like it's so good I love how whatever, like, predicament they get themselves into, they're always in it together. Like, yeah. even if, like, one of them does something stupid, they're like, ah, oh, cheese, and the other one finds out, they're like, okay, I'm getting out of this. Like, <laughs> they fix it together. Yeah, they got each other's backs for the most part there. Um, and then, I, so I'll touch on Scrubs here, and you touch on Sitch Creek, and we'll yeah. we'll try and be brief each, because yes. I'll try and be five minutes here. Um, or under five minutes. Um, so Scrubs... It's my favorite sitcom um, because I love its I love its its serious moments. I think that it pulls off the serious moments pretty well for a sitcom. So a lot of these sitcoms, like they they have like maybe one serious moment in a couple episodes, and it's like and sometimes it can hit, sometimes it can't, sometimes it doesn't things like that. Um, this feels like a mix between like Grey's Anatomy and a sitcom. Like it it feels like it's more drama-y than you would think for a sitcom, I guess. It, I think it has the most serious moments be- than any other show on this list um, because it is, it's a show that takes place in a hospital and it's and there's so many things that are unavoidable when you have that situation um, with like facing mortality and facing death and things like that and we touched on before in different podcasts, um, there's a there's a portion also of like uh, one of the main characters sort of losing their religion for a little bit and things like that and they they touch on so many serious things um especially with like denial and death and and what it can do to you and the guilt that you can have i mean i i, I haven't seen Grey's anatomy but i'm assuming that they touch on all these things too because in a hospital you are you're surrounded by death exactly obviously. you're surrounded by death and the decisions you make either save somebody's life or end them right and you're faced with mortality and things like that like in the police um you still can deal with these topics, but it's not as frequent. Like it's not every day that people are dying nonstop and it's not every day that your decision you make is like somebody living and dying, like somebody can get away maybe, but they don't necessarily, that doesn't necessarily right in your face, you feel their heart stop, you know what I mean? Like, um, and so it's very interesting with that. Um, I love the characters. So the pilot of this is uh, JD going into the new hospital and he has his best friend with them and you can, immediately like tell these are two like very goofy kids like they're they're just having fun and they don't care who knows it like they will do embarrassing stuff and they're fine with it they're just living their lives um and they yeah it's just i think it was done really well um dr cox is my favorite character i believe of the show um he was he's sort of the standout i feel like whenever you go to it because he has the most emotional moments because he's the teacher of these kids and he has to tell them like, listen, it's okay, you're doing this, you're doing this, you know what I mean? Um, but also most of the time he's very, very hard on them and he's a very like, um, like he calls JD a girl's name like the entire show. 
he either calls JD newbie or he comes up he tries to come up with a different girl's name every episode um, and it's just like he's just he tries to like put down them while meanwhile you see behind the scenes he's like he's doing what he can to help them and he's he's looking over the shoulder he's making sure that they're being okay and things like that um, and I don't know, I just thought it was really, really well done, and I can always go back and watch Scrubs, because even though it's goofy, and even though sometimes, like, the jokes don't always hit, I like the drama part of it, because I think that the drama always hits off, um, and it's, it's, a uh, there's a lot of daydreaming in, in it, and JD has, like, fantasies and stuff, um, where he's, like, imagining stuff happening, and it can be used in a very dark way, or just a really, really silly way, which sometimes makes you laugh at how stupid it is. <laughs> um, but the dark, like sometimes the the sort of the dark, mournful maybe uh, fantasies and imaginations and things like that, like it is in the finale, um, they can hit hard and actually make you cry. So I will touch on the finale though when we finish all these introductions. Um, but that's uh, just about my well four minutes now. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really well done. And Elliot and there's like a decently enough diverse cast and they deal with some of the things like um sexism and things like that because the chief of medicine is like this really old white guy who's sucking his ways and then some people like conflict with him and things like that and they don't necessarily like say any sort of thing to it it's still funny throughout the entire thing but then sort of the good guys win you know what i mean if that makes sense um yeah, I just really like Scrubs, and uh, I'm going to end it now so that we don't go on too long about okay. uh, it. And go ahead with Swiss Creek. Um, I don't really need to talk too much about the pilot. It feels like the pilot was drawn out throughout the whole first season. It. Um, what, what do you mean by that? It just didn't establish the characters very quickly. Like, it put them into the new situation, and it went through, like, the whole town. It goes to all of the like the main locations that you'll be seeing throughout the series and it goes to all the people and where you will typically be seeing them but you don't get to know a lot about the main characters that seems like a very slow progression and towards the end of the first season pretty much nothing happens until like the last two episodes like, like character development wise or yeah like you just see things happening they're trying to get out of this town because they're like they're this rich family who lost all their money and so they're completely broke now living in a motel um in a town that they bought as a joke once called Shit's creek because it sounds funny so yeah they're all just trying to sell the town and just make do with what they have and not be completely depressed there and most for the most part they're not succeeding and it, it feels like it should be breaking down the characters so that you can like develop them and improve on them morally, but that really doesn't happen until the second season. And there's this big, um, big conflict at the end of the first season that doesn't actually have an impact on the rest of the series as it seems. Any character development that you get between, um, between characters like David and Stevie gets completely undone in the first episode of the second season. So you so, don't like this beginning? No, I don't. It's funny enough to watch, it's something good to have in the background, but character development-wise, character introduction-wise, it's pretty weak. So yeah, you rated it 6 out of 10. I rated the Scrubs finale, uh, intro 9 out of 10. I feel like looking back at it, comparing it to other things, it probably deserves lower. 
<laughs> but the finale is worth it. Yeah, you have the finale of eleven out of ten. So the finale, oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, well, one last intro thing, uh, which we don't weren't gonna mention here, but I think we kind of need to for talking about finales as well as how much mother. Um, the infamous everybody hated the finale <laughs> um, and if you like the finale you get hated by the people who hated the finale um, so introduction to it is just basically uh, I watched this recently after I broke up with an ex and I binged the whole thing and it was satisfying because it it is good at dealing with like relationships ending and starting and things like that I feel like I feel like it's a very because the entire time, Ted is the main character, Ted Mosby, and he's a romantic, and I consider myself one as well. And he is constantly trying to find the one. You know, he's trying to find the girl that he's going to marry throughout this entire show. And they, all the characters that I think are set up very, very well in the first episode. I feel like this is also like a 9 out of 10 for introductions. Um, I mean, everybody loves Barney, and if you don't, you love to hate him. Like, he's, Barney is a very, very interesting character um with his sort of womanizing ways um but then you also have marshall and lily who are just like they have that same sort of vibe of the the couple that has been through a lot and they can sort of get through anything um and you see them sort of budding as a new couple i would say uh so you see them through their engagement into marriage into having a, a child um, or two, I think. I mean, you see sort of all the ups and downs of that, of trying for a baby, of um, doubting the relationship before you do get married, and things like that, and like having cold feet. And you get all of the during relationship stuff from them, you get all of the uh, wanting relationship stuff from Ted, and then you get all of the people who don't necessarily want a relationship and they just want one night stands and stuff from Barney. So you get a wide sort of range there, and then you get the. Um, not sort of not necessarily wanting either but kind of in the middle ground of robin who's more so focused on her career and isn't trying to like either find the one or just have one night stands she's kind of like she's she's open to relationships and she's not trying to force it she wants her career to take off and things like that so it's i mean the show is called how i met your mother like it's very it's a very it's a show about relationships and i think that that's what i really like about it um and it also doesn't really make sense that he's telling all of these stories to try and context the mother story, which is like takes place in the last season. Um, but he's telling like all of these other girls that he slept with while talking about how much he loved their mom to his children, and it kind of feels weird. Um, but I think it was I think that was very very well done intro um, where he meets Robin and things like that, um, and the the group gets formed, uh, and Robin is sort of the person who's being introduced to everybody like we were talking about before sort of if you need some to explain something you explain it to robin except there's not much to explain because they just go to the bar and drink every night so um yeah that's everything i can think of here um did you want to move on to finales now or just quickly touch on maybe some of the other shows um that started off community i just want to touch on really quickly because i love the show yes um it definitely felt there was a lot of changes from like season from like episode one, like even episode three. Like I felt like there was a, a very big difference where the characters just sort of 
I don't know. They don't. They don't feel like fully themselves. Like Abed, of course, is is sort of true to his mm-hmm. his word there. Um, and but but Britta's character changes a lot. Um, and Troy, like in the first one, was like, "You're gonna do my homework for me," and then like even in just the next one, I mean, you could say that he's just getting more comfortable with them, and he's getting comfortable with Abed, and then that friendship and things like that. That's why he's changing so quickly. But again, as an intro goes, it doesn't really show who Troy is because. Troy is like one line in the, in the introduction from my memory, and it's just like you can do my home homework, Seacrest, or something like that. Um, whereas it doesn't show what he's going to be like at all in my mind. Um, but I mean, I love the show, and I love what ended up. And like season two and three are iconic seasons of television, for sure. They're some of my favorite seasons of sitcoms, one hundred percent. Anything you want to touch on here? Uh, I honestly don't really remember the first few episodes of Community, I didn't really like them the first time that I watched it. So, like, most, I just don't remember them. Most shows, you gotta get a couple episodes in. Yeah, I guess I'll just touch on this because this is where I'm at. So a lot of shows, you don't sort of feel like maybe they're, they're, they're in their stride, or you don't maybe feel like the show is really taken off um, or good until a couple seasons and then you see this really really strongly with Parks and Rec in the office um, and that is sort of mainly with Parks and Rec it's because they mo- write most of the, the time, characters around the actor yeah so most of the, so they, they have these characters they have the script they hire people for the characters and then after you, they see them for a while they can start to write into their strengths um, and sort of develop those characters that, in that direction um, which you see in the office is like it, it feels kind of disjointed at the beginning then it kind of hits its stride and the same with Parks and Rec where like season one and season two yeah. you're kind of like this yeah. is kind of season one is like super weird compared to the rest of it yeah and, and like Andy as a character he in the first season I feel like he's just like a bum yeah like he doesn't he, he's not like nothing special about him he's just kind of not you're just supposed to be like okay he's so just this guy is just yeah, he's, he's just, just lazy. using and he's just yeah, but lazy. then in the future they make him like dumb and wholesome and relatable, whereas yeah, in the first season he's just kind of like a jerk who's just kind of using his girlfriend. Yeah, um, they like he, there's from my knowledge there's no real showing that he's like really not the smartest <laughs> or anything like that in the beginning, and then he sort of goes into that in the later seasons. Um, right, and it's just sort of they build off of the characters and how well they're acting and, and what they, how comfortable the actors are and things and things like that. Um, I feel like it mainly is it for The Office and, uh, and Parks and Rec here that we're talking about. Uh, the Good Place would make no sense if they did like that approach because they had a very specific yes. end goal at least for the first season. Yes. So that one flowed nicely, plot-wise, character-wise. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because that is sort of something to take into consideration. Um, as well as, I believe, I heard, I'm not sure from where, I can't cite my sources again. Um, but most of the time shows will get renewed for a second season, but not a third. Because after the first two seasons of a show, all of the actors and the crew and the producers and everybody, whatever, they get a big pay raise if you make it to season three. And so that's why a lot of shows don't tend to have like three seasons and then ending they tend to have like two seasons and end or they go past three seasons because they either make the investment to keep going or they sort of go okay we'll cut it up one to two um that's just something to sort of 
I think think about if you're if you're thinking about the shows and thinking about how well they're doing and things like that. Like Space Force, right? It's renewed for season two and it's coming out soon, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you'd see a season three coming. Um, like The Witcher as well. I mean, this isn't a sitcom, but um, it came out and like was the highest rated show on Netflix for a while and things like that. Season two was renewed immediately. And there was a lot of talk that season three wouldn't happen unless season two had better ratings than season one, which was like outstanding ratings. It was like season three probably won't happen. And then it ended up happening and doing it and everything. But you sort of see that trend of season three is like, that's sort of where people want to cut their ties if possible. But yeah, um, that's everything I was thinking of. And then there's the finale talk. Um, yeah. Do you want to start with Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Um, Sure. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I thought it was pretty good. I had like one line, which I told you about that I didn't have a problem with, but it wasn't a big problem, so I don't really care about it too much. Um, I really liked how they did sort of a a heist thing. I mean, like the first two were like the only really good ones in my mind, or like something like that. Um, But what about the third heist? I think it was the third heist that he proposed to Amy. That's the best heist. I think it's the fourth. Because I think it's... Maybe it is the fourth. I think it's Jake... Amy or Jake Holt that's Amy, true and then it would be Amy again yeah that it happens. was the fourth one yeah I mean that was really good but I feel really like good. after that it falls off I agree um, and they kind of kept trying to do like with Rosa winning and being like I run three times I was like come on like that bugged me a lot because I was like you didn't <laughs> really but okay um, but then, yeah, the whole, I don't know, it, it was like a running stick, but I don't know, the Pontiac Bandit stuff was the best running yes. thing in 9-9, like, I them being, him. like, absolute best friends, and then also, like, him betraying them or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that the finale, the relationship finale. is wholesome. <laughs> I love all the callbacks. It was just callback after callback. Oh, yeah, the, callback. the bone was really oh. good. Like, what, what if you give Cheddar a bone? Bone? <laughs> like... Oh, yeah. And the um, I Want It That Way reference, that was great. Yeah, I can't like, recreate it. Yeah. You need to have it in there. And they had it. Yeah, they. And... I like that because you can see that they, like, they know what fans like. Exactly. And they did it. Like, they, they, they can see social media. They can see, okay, this is what people keep talking about at Brooklyn Nine. Let's just implement that again, um, which was really great because especially with older shows you aren't able to do that mm-hmm. like with cheers and, and mash and things like that there is no social media there's just so a you... disconnect between the creators and the exactly consumers. and I, I mean those are and that, i think that's that's why it's so impressive that they those older shows like cheers and mash and things like that perform so well is because they didn't have like all of this 100% ready information they couldn't go on IMDb and look at all the ratings of their show you know what I mean like they were just making content and maybe they had some focus groups maybe they had something like that you know what I mean to get some information back but they just made their content and the content was good enough you know what I mean they didn't have to worry about any of their changes and things like that they just kind of did what they were doing from my knowledge at least um, and that's why I always have respect for those older older sitcoms as well like I Love Lucy you know what I mean like the, like one of the first sitcoms that I can think of um, just sort of absolutely dominating tv at the time and they had no way of knowing right that it would be as good uh, as it was and with i love lucy like having a show about a woman in like the 50s i think it is you know what i mean that in itself is a risk exactly right and they it it did well so uh what else about brooklyn 99 did i like 
the finale? The emotional beats at the ending were just, I cried so much. What, what, what part? Specifically the part where Holt is talking to Jake about his decision to leave. And he goes, that must have been a hard decision for you. And he looks over at Amy and he's like, no, it wasn't. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, I didn't cry. I didn't cry that, but that... So there, there's a couple parts of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where I think he did a good job of some things and bad to go other. Like, too preachy, not you know what I mean? But I like that. Like, he... It, it's, it's, it's just... It, like, I know it isn't the big thing and it isn't something that, like, needs to be, like, I feel like fall for because most people are, like... The guy doesn't need to work. The girl doesn't need to stay home. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's not something that it. you like see all the time. But exactly. it's not something but that anyone cares about exactly. seeing all but the time. He, but he does it. He he just like they don't even talk about it because it doesn't need to be talked about. And that's exactly. what I like about it. Like he just he's willing to stay home because that's what makes sense for them. And that is what I love about that. Like they don't need to be like, hey guys, look at Jake. He's so awesome. He's doing this because he's a feminist. Like you know what I mean? No, he just he's does. He's doing it, it because he, he wants just, to. Be with his family, and he yes. wants his wife to have a career. Yeah. And he just like he's just a good person for doing that. Yeah, and he's but just, but they don't they don't need to. He genuinely just wants to stay at home with, with yeah, Mac. and they don't they don't need to talk it up. You know what I mean? And that's what I love. But they, they just they can accept that one. Like other parts of Brooklyn, I'm like this is just painful. But for that, <laughs> they just like and I know it's a small thing. I don't think Brooklyn Nine Nine got painful with their preaching. It got painful with some of the things for me personally. Okay, but again, I didn't see it. But different perspectives. Into, like only like only I can only think of like one episode that was really annoying but I'm not going to get into it now but I can only think of like one to two episodes maybe that were like really mm-hmm. like Superstore had like four episodes that I was like this is garbage you would <laughs> not like one day at a time every single episode they have a moment where they just like stop laughing and just have a serious conversation I really like how the conversations go but it is like definitely an abrupt speaking to the audience this is yeah. the political opinion but and it's the, the whole show's about it it's preaching to the choir at some point, right? Because if people don't like it, they're going to stop watching it. Exactly. And then if they do like it, they already agree with it. It's not you know like it's I mean? a bunch of police officers where yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is basically propaganda for police officers. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, so we'll go to Good Place Finale then? Cause... Good Place Finale? I yeah. really liked it. I think it showed all of the character development. It summed it up pretty easily. It... Um, it gave all of the characters ample time to have a conclusion. I think all of their conclusions made sense in the way that they progressed throughout the series. I didn't like one of them. You didn't like Jason's? Oh, I didn't like two of them. Oh my gosh. Jason, There's only four of them. Jason's I didn't like because of him staying, not going through the portal for like 10,000 <laughs> years. And becoming a monk. And then just being like... I just wasn't there. And it's like, really? Like, there's no way. That's you, such you a Jason thing to do, Okay, though. but you would literally go crazy. Human beings are social beings. And yeah, maybe like some monks or whatever can, can be isolated for like years and years and maybe like maybe even their whole life at a time. But for like 10,000 years, which is what they said or whatever, and like he didn't go crazy. He was just fine. Like, and this is Jason. Like... Uh, that that again it took me out of it I was like if he just went off I'm like okay but then they keep him there and then for two seconds and then he leaves and I'm like what's the point like there, you could have just had him leave beforehand his it perception me. of time is different though because but, of how many lifetimes he's lived yes but it still bugs me and Michael's it bugs me that he didn't get a new life 
he got a 80 year old man's life that's what i was thinking too like, like in soul at the end i don't know if you've seen soul but at the end yeah. of the movie spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler spoiler alert. alert for soul <laughs> the tina fey soul goes back to earth and lives a life after she like discovers what like after she finds a will to live yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about the calling, though. That's what's beautiful about it. Uh, yeah, it's just I a will just, to live. I just mean, Anyways, yeah, I, I could talk meant, about soul, I but I won't. Reference. Well, she finds a will to live through Joe and then goes and lives her own life starting from birth, oh, which would make more you. sense for Ted Danson. <laughs> um, I feel like, yeah, he should have had a new life because it's just a skin suit and he didn't have any experiences on Earth. So, like, he was like, I want to experience what humans experience. Then experience it as a baby... And then the whole human experience. You don't experience how humans yeah, experience this stuff when you appear as a 75-year-old man <laughs> in a little condo and then die in 10 years. Like, that isn't the human experience. Human experience no. is growing up and, get, and getting in fights and getting bullied and, and fighting, finding a love. And you know what I mean? Like, like, I feel like that's what the human experience is. And to just, like, go... Bloop, now you're a that human was, for five years. Like, what? That was his whole thing, too, was, like, the experience of relationships and how they will change and how mortality plays an effect and all of that stuff. And you don't you don't get that as an old man. Yeah. He literally would have to meet somebody who is also that old and everything, and they'd have all these experiences. He doesn't... He won't be able to relate to them. Like, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And I and and I like the whole thing, and, I, and it was I kind of... nice enough, though. It... it was nice on the surface level of going like oh he's on earth now and like the last scene and everything it was like oh yeah. i really love the last scene of yeah but earth then it's people. like but if you think about it this guy's going on earth to die in 10 years and be alone like it doesn't make any sense he's not getting the human experience what's the point of even giving him the option i don't know it bugged me um but yeah i thought it was well done overall i didn't like it because it just kind of was like existential crisis time of like man i don't want like to die <laughs> um but then also i liked it because of sort of some of the conclusions things like that but yeah like when, when people started leaving i was like oh man this is this was, is just like depressing like yeah, when people like i won't leave i'm like this is just sad like i was just yeah. like i i was like this is literally just feels depressing to like me. especially eleanor and chidi when she's like can she's convinced herself that she wants to leave and she's convinced herself that he can't leave yeah. And so she tries to change his mind and then finds out that he's been thinking about it for a lot longer than she noticed. Yeah. And she goes that goes through that whole inner conflict of I can't it'd be selfish to keep him here. And yeah. so it just like restates that she has changed and she can recognize when she's being selfish and change those actions. Yeah, but it's also just depressing. It's <laughs> so that's why I don't really like it. Um, because it's a sitcom. And while I like Scrubs' moments... But it's about moments, death. It's gotta be. Yes, but while I like Scrubs' moments, the reason why I like Scrubs versus It more is because Scrubs is about, yes, some things die, and yes, you will die, and things like that, but there's also a lot to live for, and that is just about, like, accepting death. There are two different forms of sadness and death, but the other one, one is, like, hopeful, and yes, there's a future, potentially, and and the, the dreams that you might have, and I'm going to get into that in a minute when it gets to Scrubs, but, um, and then good place is just like you're going to die you are no longer going to exist your mind will no longer think and it's like that's just depressing um but that was me <laughs> anywho I that was, was just a beautiful me discussion on like the possibility of that and how other people will react to that yeah me personally yeah again i i like it i just didn't i it's it's like i wouldn't want to necessarily watch it again because i was like it was just kind of sad and i've seen it once yeah. so now i know it but like i don't want to get bummed out again 
I get um, that. But then we have The Office. The Office. Uh, honestly, don't mem- remember much from the finales. I remember more of the one where Mike. Five hundred minutes. How do you measure measure, measure a year? year? Measuring love. love. <laughs> you got to you got to. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyways, that was Rent. Uh, in case you couldn't tell by our terrible singing voices. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought The Office was... So The Office, we kind of have split into two finales, which will be the same for Scrubs, where the first one is when Michael leaves, and then the second one is, like, the wedding. The actual finale. Yeah, like, the wedding. Uh, again, everything With spoilers. Dwight and, Dwight and Angela. Angela. I really like that one because, like, you've been wanting them to get together. Like, you want... Like, they are, like, OTP. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like... They, in my mind, are, like, you need them to get together the whole time. Like, they... Especially with, like, season nine, not, like, the, I mean, like, they barely together, you know what I mean? Um, but, especially with season nine going, like, wow, Jim and Pam aren't that great, you kind of, like, you want a really good couple yeah, to root for, yeah. because Jim and Pam in season nine is kind of painful. Um, I'm not going to lie, and I don't know if I'm biased here, but I didn't like Pam at all. Um, I mean, Jim obviously had a lot of problems, too. I mean, they both did, and it was frustrating because, like, you, these were the characters that you're like, wow, their love is so pure this whole time, whatever. And if they're going to make a new season, they're going to have Jim and Pam get divorced. That, that was the talk. I that would was, hate that so yeah. much. Yeah, and it's like, what's, like, what? Why? Then you're having this whole series about these two getting in love and all that stuff, and then it's like, nope, they're gone now. Like, okay, but anyways, okay. that was that was what might, what could have been. What could have been? Gonna break into song oh again. Oh my gosh, Arcane is amazing. But anyways, we'll continue with The Office. Um, I really liked the, f- the first finale with Michael leaving because it was Michael and it was like Steve Carell and it was relationship and it was him being happy and all that and it's like, oh, pure moment. It was like bittersweet. Yeah, but I, I think I liked the f- total finale more because you you get to see like everybody. Like I love Michael getting two phone plans just to have pictures of his kids. You know what I mean? Like Like it's just so pure and it's like, and it calls back everything and Michael Scott comes back and Steve comes back and everything like that and it's done so well but I feel like we rate it lower because it's in related in relation to this two seasons around it um, where Michael is not there and the show quality sort of yeah. dips a little bit um, but I think the finale is actually better on this the second finale is better than the first one um, because of just again as a show it's summing up everything I don't think if you looked at the individual episode like like how much I enjoyed it. I think the other ones might have been better, but like with Michael leaving, but with the actual finale episode, I think it summed up the show really, really well. Um, and like where people are now and things like that. And the, the five years later or whatever, the one year later or something like that. I um, agree. It's a conclusion. I wouldn't yes. be upset I think it was if it ended when, and when Michael left, like I think that would have been a sufficient ending. Yes. But it is a satisfying like conclusion. To yes. Have it the actual it sums up like uh, Dwight's a little bit more, yeah. story and things like that um yeah i think i think it was done a little bit better there uh and that's that's what i have to say for the office yeah i don't Bes- really have anything besides else getting to into to trashing jim and pam in season 11 because <laughs> so i mean i dislike so many parts about that um but yeah and then yeah, so we're going to go to kim's convenience because you said you wanted, oh, yes. you want to talk I about that talk and you want to make sure this episode doesn't go to an hour and a half. Why it was cancelled. Okay. Oh no. Kim's Convenience was cancelled because um, the main writers had left, the creators had left, 
and they didn't replace them with POC writers in the writing room. So they had a completely white writing room, and instead of just having Korean writers in there or other people with immigrant experiences to write about this immigrant family, they just had white people. So they didn't get the same quality in the last season. I think the last season is still solid, but they didn't get the same quality as they did in the other two seasons, and so they just canceled it because they didn't feel like it was worth improving the writers, the crew, and all of that stuff. Despite all of the pushback from the other, like, the cast and whoever, the fans and everyone who were, like, trying to have a more diverse writing room and all that, they just canceled it because it was easier, apparently. Yeah, the final episode bugged me a lot with, uh, what's it called? The main two, the main couple breaking up. Yeah. It felt so random. It felt so out of place. Like, to me personally, it's I like, was like, it wasn't like they were like, oh, they have these problems, they have these problems, these problems, and then they, it finally is too much. It's just like, I don't even remember why they broke up. I just remember them breaking up, and I'm like, what? Like, it seems like a setup for, like, a new season conflict, which is what it was, instead of, like, a conclusion, which yeah, is what it became. Because now they are not together in yeah. canon. They were never together, or not never. But like you know that's I mean. how it ends now. Yeah, and it just Instead kind of feels of, weird. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it is uh, doing doing it justice because you are watching this going like, but they were, they were meant to be together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this was the couple that was set up from the beginning, and they just trashed it without a chance of reviving it. Like you, yeah, like with all these shows, when you have a couple set up from the beginning. You kind of want them to follow through because that's the yeah. whole point of the show. Exactly. Like, yes, you have the maybe you have the will they won't they sort of thing, but when you're finishing the show, they tend to end up with the they will. Yeah, exactly. It'd have to be a very satisfying they won't. I can't even think of one. Yeah, like, I can't think of one either. Is there any know, on this list that Jeff and Britta and Annie could? Jeff be and considered? Annie. Jeff and Annie because Jeff and Britta stopped after like season one and a yeah, half. Yeah, but that was like the beginning of it though yeah but then and then, he was still early but then on, it's though. like jeff and annie are gonna be together the entire time and it's like and then at the end it's like nah it's like what i don't know it yeah. felt it definitely like and i mean like yes there's problems with it and like they say a couple times like, like they say a couple times that annie's like i don't want to be with jeff and jeff's like i don't do it any and then like they keep teasing it though so it's like <laughs> like they, they try and slow down and go okay this doesn't make sense like when annie's talking to herself or whatever and she's like you don't love Jeff. You just love the idea of Jeff. You just have the idea of being loved and of trying to fix, like, quote unquote, fix Jeff. And then that means you can fix somebody and they can love you. But then, like, in the next episode, they're flirting again like crazy. And it's like, don't have these really serious moments where you're like, okay, legitimately, it's a, they will not. And then keep doing it. Because then it's like, that's just, yeah. I don't know. So I guess that is one of the, but it's not a satisfying end. Won't they? they won't. It's a, yeah. they won't. Like, uh. Troy and Abed. Troy and Abed in the morning. Because they won't because Troy's gone. Ugh. Ugh, that is the worst development in any television <laughs> ever is Troy leaving. That that marks the day that Community died. Well, it didn't but die. It didn't die. It was pretty good. But... It still has decent moments. Even in the like bad seasons, there is still a lot of funny parts. Yeah. It, it doesn't go completely off the rails. Um, were we still talking about Kim's Convenience? Um, we were talking <laughs> about Kim's Convenience. Oh, the will they, won't they thing and then them breaking up. Yeah. But... I don't have anything else to say about it. I just, uh, I, yeah, I felt like it was weak for sure. Because again, yeah, it wasn't really meant to be an ending, I guess. And then it kind of just ended up being an ending. 
one good thing about this was like the final scene where they're all having dinner together. Yeah, that I was thought that was nice. nice. Where they yeah. all get to like sit together as a family. But also it's kind of awkward because some of them are broken up and Sharon, I believe her name is, wouldn't be there if they were broken up. Exactly. And then there wouldn't be a family anymore because she would be broken up. So it's like... We need a new season. Hashtag save Kim's convenience. Six seasons in the movie. They might end up bringing like, who knows? Because of how it ended, they might end up like in a couple of years being like, you know what, we're going to do a one more season to end things off. That would be nice. Especially since they set up Janet being gay. I love that. But oh, yes, they I dropped that, that because yeah, yeah. it got cancelled. But not in the <laughs> not in the cancelled way. It got cancelled. No. <laughs> um, so Scrubs then, I guess? Uh, yeah, what did you like about the Scrubs finale? There are two finales. I'm going to end this real quick. Okay. The second one is trash because it isn't really a finale. I'm pretty sure it's eight seasons. You rated then, it three yes, out of ten. Because there's like eight seasons and then there's like a quote-unquote ninth. And it only runs for like 13 episodes. And then they canceled it because nobody watched it and it was trash. Um, they had a beautiful conclusion to everything, which I rated a ten out of ten. At the end of Scrubs, last episode. And then they went, you know what, let's reboot it. Let's have them in a teaching hospital. Half the cast showed up. There's a new cast. Some of them are really annoying. And it just doesn't work. Um, and it's very frustrating because now when you say Scrubs, that is like tagged on to it. But it's so bad that it's like, please just take it off. And so that's why there's quote unquote two finales. Um, even though that, yeah, that episode, the last episode of Scrubs isn't even a finale. It's just a normal episode and then they canceled it. Like halfway through the season. That's unfortunate. Exactly, because of that part. But at the end of the first season, or by first eight up for eight seasons, there's a really, really beautiful, beautiful moment where JD fantasizes about stuff. And he goes outside and he is like my dad didn't like it, but I liked it. <laughs> um, so it's not like it's it's amazing objectively, but I enjoyed it a lot. He goes outside and he's always been He's, he's always been sort of a romantic, just like a little bit. Um, I mean, like, he still has, like, really non-romantic moments and things like that. But um, he sort of, he's very wistful and he's very hopeful and, and he hopes that things can be the way that he wants them to be and he's very optimistic and things like that. And sometimes he gets shut down, sometimes he matures and grows through it and things. And he sees, and he's moving hospitals. He's going to where his kid is, he's going far away, and he's not going to be able to, He's not going to be in the same hospital with all his friends that he's been with the last eight years. And they play a song. What song? Uh, I know that it says, like, uh, the sands of time are long and weary or something like that. And then it goes, like, and it goes ever on and on um, with, like, the slow, soft song thing. <laughs> um, I don't want to sing it because I'm not going to sing it, but I, I do remember it even though I haven't seen it in like three years. I haven't seen Save it, it for the musical episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, musical episode? <laughs> we're singing during the musical episode? We've the same everything? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I believe that I cried at this the last time I watched it, which was like three years ago. He's just picturing like five years down the line. He's picturing with his best friend. He's picturing with his boss who, like I was saying before, has always been mean to him and things like that. And his kids and his boss's kids and his and his best friend's kids and they're all just like having fun together and they're growing old and and then the kids are growing up and this is all like he's watching it on a projection like on a projector screen um of just like this white screen because people like 
are just moving like a white screen or whatever and he's having this fancy in his head of seeing all this but they filmed it out and so you can see like oh they live happily ever after and it's like and the song is really soft and sweet and it's just oh the whole thing is beautiful and it's like in and he just he wants this to happen so much he he knows he's moving far away and he doesn't want to lose connection with his friends and with his like his family at this point like they've been through everything together and he and he's just like softly crying while looking at this like slideshow of what can be you know what i mean what like what could have been right it's just like it is it's such a beautiful ending to it because of the whole like he's been a goof he's been a goof he's been fantasizing about things and things like that like in the first episode um he pretends like he's in a he's in star wars you know what i mean and there's like lightsabers and and then in the last the last fantasy that he has is like this sweet 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 beautiful moment and it's like you see how he's matured and how he doesn't just want like all these dumb little adventures anymore he wants like to spend time with the people he loves and he wants to really put effort into seeing them and things like that um so it's my favorite finale um of any of them i haven't seen it in a while so i don't know if it'll hold up that same memory me and my sister are watching through scrubs right now we're on season like i think three um but i'm very excited to get there because of just how how much it touched me because i was like i i'm the same way i fantasize about man i really hope like i don't lose touch with my friends and things like that and that might happen at the end of this year you know what i mean like um because i'm going to be graduating right and i'm not in the university anymore and it's we don't talk about that <laughs> uh well i mean like i think i'm on front of the maybe term and a half or something like that right but you know when you when you leave school or when you leave a job and things like that and it's like you have this you have these thoughts and you have these feelings of like man i really want to just like spend time with people again you know what I, mean? I want to i want to be with them and i want to i want our kids to grow old together and you know what i mean like sometimes you have those thoughts and when you've been with somebody as long as jd has in this moment you you i mean you've been growing with these people right you've been watching them for eight years and it just hits so much harder than like in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Personally, like it doesn't have. No, a mo- I get it. I like, you've been get. trying to get me to watch Scrubs. All you had to do was describe the finale. <laughs> like it, I, I don't know. Like yeah, it, it's just I, I absolutely love the finale, um, and with the music hitting and everything. And because again, like he never gets any appreciation or any love or anything like that from his 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 boss, who he basically considers a father figure, um, and then he gets to imagine this world that although they've had some nice moments throughout the years and stuff, he gets to imagine this world like that, he, that his boss, because his boss is very like, he never pats him on the back. Like that's sort of like the thing he, he always goes like this, like over his back and then goes like, and walks away when JD can't see. And you're always like, no, just pat him on the back. Tell him you're proud of him. Tell him you love him. You know what I mean? Um, but he never does. And, and JD in this little, in this little, little, slideshow it's like five ten minutes long whatever he gets to relive that and he gets to like he gets to live it as if his boss will be with like, like this with him and everything and again as the viewer that it, it's like this is happening right so i can you interpret it as you want you can interpret it as he's leaving and this is what he wishes could happen you can interpret it as this you can interpret it as this is just the creator showing us what's going to happen in the next couple of years but this is all happening the character's perspective as I just want this to happen, right? So you can take it in multiple different ways, and that's also something I like about it. But in my mind, it's canon. Like, that, what he's imagining, <laughs> what he's dreaming about, what he wishes beyond wishes happens, happens. And that's why that's another reason why I love it, 
And it's also another reason why the 13-episode little garbage fire afterwards is bad. It doesn't counteract the dream, but it just it doesn't have any of the emotional depth. Um, and also, like, in, in the scene right before the slideshow, he's walking along and he's seeing all the people who died in the previous seasons who were really impactful to him. Like, there was one person, there was one old lady who was dying, and she said, I just want to die. Like, I don't want any more treatment. He's like, what? And it's in the first year. And she went, I've lived my life. Like, I've done everything I wanted to do. Um, and he's like, he makes this whole list, like a bucket list. Like, but have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And she says, yes, I've done all that. And then at, before she dies, she says to him, like, but have you, have you ever done that? But also, have you ever just taken time to do nothing at all? Have you ever just taken time to just lay on the grass and just appreciate life? And because of that episode, I do that to this day. Like, I still just, like, I try and just appreciate life. Even if I'm not doing anything, I just go for a late, late night walk, which I know you like as well. And just, like, look around and be like, wow, this is beautiful. And I just, I'm happy and all this stuff. And that was one of the characters in the first season that influenced him like that. And so in the last season, he's walking along and they're lining the hallway as he's walking out the door. And they all like he sees all these all these people who like taught him an important lesson because like every other lesson he learns an important lesson right so um, yeah I, I don't know I really really like the Scrubs finale um, it was it might be one like top five episodes or sitcom episodes ever is my favorite def definitely sitcom finale um, but I'm thinking of like if it's just like my top five TV show episodes, it might be it might be up there. Um, if not, it'd be top ten because I just I think it sums it up perfectly. I've talked about it for a very, very long time though, so I will stop now. But um, I really really like that. And then it was really painful that in the next episode they go, now they're at a teaching hospital, and then like half the character show up and it's like it's all light and cheery, and it's like but it ended so beautifully. Uh, why did you look how they massacred my boy? Um, but anyways, we'll move on now because that is everything. And now you can talk about Shit's Creek, which you say is you rated it a little higher than me, but I, I'm going to change I, mine to 11. Because yours is 11, I'm going to change that mine That was 11. not a serious rating. I just really like the relationship between, spoilers, David and Patrick. And it's just a really satisfying Wait, those are two boy names. Those are two boy names! <laughs> I know! They make me very happy. The whole first season of Shit's Creek isn't that great. But it's all worth it for David and Patrick. How many seasons are there? There's like four, three, four. I don't remember. Um, but this series actually got a planned ending. All of my favorite shows have been canceled or something, and did not get proper endings. But this actually got a so planned that ending. So in that pile now. It is. It isn't like it had a proper ending. It's like it got canceled because it. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I'm very annoyed, but it continues. This was, this was planned, and you can tell that it was planned because of all of the ways that the, um, that the characters kind of... It's, wait, it's the wedding day of David and Patrick, and it's not turning out to be a great day, obviously, because it's a sitcom. And so it's just everyone working together, the whole town coming together to try and put on a wedding for David and Patrick, when like all of their venues are falling through and everything's just not going to plan. And yeah, I don't want to talk about it too much. So I won't. Or... Oh, well, you... I mean, I- Just because time. I talked about mine for like, like a lot. 15 minutes and you talk about yours for a minute. You can talk about it for more than a minute. <laughs> um, honestly, I should remember more from it, but I don't remember any specifics. It's just, it's a fun time. It's funny. It's really wholesome. You get a moment between each of the characters and David, which you want. 
because he kind of becomes the main character. Surprise, surprise. The actor who plays David also wrote and created the show. So he made himself the main character. Makes sense. Um, but it worked Lin really well. Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> Lin Miranda, yep. Um, but it worked really well uh, because you get... Oh, I completely forgot about Alexis and Ted. Their ending. That's... Oh my god! That's what it is! I'm sorry. I just had a complete revelation. I'm just in here like, they're okay. the They're the will they, won't they that ends up with won't they. Oh my gosh. They did that. And it worked perfectly. Because in the end, it turned out that in order for them... They're still young. So in order for them to have a fulfilling career and a fulfilling life and all of that stuff, they would have to not live together. And he, um, Ted is living abroad for the moment and he comes back so that he can tell her in person and they have like a dinner date where in a really sentimental place and they get the, uh, they get a whole restaurant to themselves and they just have a night where they just sit together and just prepare to miss each other and it's super sweet. That's the will they won't they, that ends with they won't. <laughs> You're satisfied. Now. I'm so satisfied that I remembered that. <laughs> and yeah, so you get that, but you also get the David and Patrick ending up together and the whole conflict of them uh, wanting to stay in town or wanting to leave comes into play because David ends up wanting to stay with Patrick despite having an out now because of some sort of money in the family. I don't remember who. Um, gets the opportunity to leave town first, but pretty much everyone except uh, David leaves, and they all go to different places, so they all have to come to terms with being separate again. When they were like rich and stuff, they didn't really interact with each other, they were off doing their own thing, being privileged and whatever, and then when they were in Schitt's Creek, they all had time to bond, and like they became really close and they started to rely on each other because they were all living together and all that so just being in close proximity you get used to being around your family and stuff like that so it was nice to see them all coming to terms with um having to be apart and how they were gonna see each other and how their relationship was gonna be different from before they had moved to Schitt's Creek <laughs> that is that was my little few minutes of Shit's Creek. Oh, I apologize. Alexis and time. Ted. I'm so satisfied that I remembered that. <laughs> I also, because you were saying that, I remember that in the finale also, really quickly, <gasps> his boss never says anything nice to him. And he like fake storms off and then ends up going behind him. And his he gets a friend to be like, why don't you ever be nice to him? And there's a shot of the boss in the forefront and him in the background. And the boss goes... Maybe it's because like oh he's the, he's one of the best doctors I've ever known and he's a great person and all that stuff and the back and you see him going like yes like finally he's saying this about me like and then and then at the very end he goes like Perry or whatever because his name is Perry Cox and then you just see the boss face go like oh, like he heard it you know, like because he yeah because he never says anything nice in front of him but he'll say nice things behind his back right so then he tricked him into saying it in front of him uh, and that was also just another satisfying moment there but. Um, uh, How much mother? Really quickly, also because you haven't seen it, right? I have not seen it. But really quickly, look at this. I've seen the beginning of it. The finale for Scrubs is rated nine point eight on IMDb. That's like wow. The, I mean, that's like highest. 
I think that means it's in like the top 20 episodes of all time ratings because of how little things are rated 9.9 and 10. Um, because if one person says no, then it's like it's not. Um, but yeah, it's just my sense of little validation right there. Um, what else we have? We have How Much Mother. I didn't hate, hate this episode. I did not hate, hate his finale. Again, heavy spoilers for all these. Have you seen it? Nope. I've seen like the first three episodes of this show. I like How Much Mother was the whole show. I, I really enjoy it. But the finale, so essentially, this is a huge, huge, huge spoiler for the finale of How Much Mother. It's been out for a while, but I'm just saying it right now. Do you want to hear it or do you want to Yeah, I want to hear it. The mother is introduced throughout all of season nine. Like, at the end of season eight, last shot of season eight, it's like, oh, this is who who's going to play the mother. Season and, nine, like, you know that that's. Yes. In season nine, through the entire thing, you know who the mother actress is, and she's interacting with the characters. She just hasn't met the main character yet. So it's like, oh, it's like the, the webs that are led into the thing, whatever you mean. Um, and at the very end of the last episode, the mother dies. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so when he's explaining the whole thing to his kids, the mother dies, like beforehand, right? The mother is dead when he's And he ends this. up with Kobe Smulders. Yes. Wait, really? He ends up with Wait, Robert. really? He ends up with Robert. No! So he's talking, he's, he's talking to his kids, and, 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 but there are some really beautiful moments, like, throughout the series that kind of, in, like, infer. The season, there's numbers like season five, where he's like, and I was doing this, but if I had known, if I had known that your mother was just a block away, this is what I would have done. And it shows him just running over to her and going, hey, I know we haven't met yet, I'm going to marry you eventually. It's like a fancy thing, right? But he's like, I know I haven't met you, I, I want to marry you, and you don't see the wife his face right um but he's like but i want to spend every extra minute i can with you and it's like okay you see in context that he was saying that because his wife has died and he misses her so much that he wanted to just he wishes he could have spent any more time with her than he than he did but then in the end he's like so now you know that he's like now you know how i met your mother um and the kids are like that was a really long story because it was nine seasons right um, and then, but they're like, but isn't the whole point in the story that you're trying to tell us that you love Aunt Robin or whatever? And he's like, I suppose, or whatever. And they're like, no, you should go to Aunt Robin. You should be happy. It's been years since you, it's been years since mom died. You should go and be happy with the person that you've been in love with this whole time. Um, and then he's like, okay. And then he runs over and at the very end, they end up together. So like, that's how it ends. That's and people, stupid. and I think people hate it, right? Because yeah, the mom dies and you're like, you want to see him with the mom. But I see why they did it, because the entire show, he's in love with Robin, and he's going, you I want to be with Robin. You do want to have a relationship exactly. in the like, end that actually has something to stand on, rather than like, oh, this person just met Ted. Like, we don't I know anything been, about that. I would have been happier, I think. Because in the last season, they're like, and when your mom sang that song, you know you you know how you... That is my favorite version of anybody singing that song. I mean, like, you see, like, okay, this relationship and, and little things in it because he references it in the stories. Like, he goes, like, oh, your mother drew this drawing. And as you can see, it's still hanging right here. So you get a sense that it's a long-term relationship. And so if it, if it finished with him being with wife, I'd be happy. I would have preferred, I think, if he ended up being with the wife and realizing that he doesn't love Robin in the last season. I think they would have had a season to have that story arc of him going you know, I don't love Robin I never really did I just loved blank 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 like the idea of it or whatever if I had found a really good way to explain it and then end up with wife I think I would have been happier with that because 
It's also kind of weird that he... The whole point is that he's like the one that I love, the one that I need, the one that I married, like my soulmate. And then all of a sudden, okay, I'll go with Robin. Yeah, and, and that happens in a 22-minute episode. And like the entire show, yes, he loves Robin, but the entire show he's saying, but it's not your mother, but I love your mother, but your mother's blank, but you're like you're talking to the mother so much. And then in one episode, it's like, your mother's dead. Go, go with the girl. Like, so it throws out the whole point of the mother. Of, yeah. Of the, having that one person yes. who he was satisfied with being with for the rest yes. of the Yes. So the idea of the show is like, oh, you have a soulmate. You know what I mean? You have the one person yeah. that is perfect for you. And it wasn't Robin because Robin didn't want kids. And so he just kind of wanted somebody else to have kids with. And then he's good with going to Robin. Like, it just kind of, it, it kind of disrespects both relationships a little bit. And as I'm explaining all this, I realize why people hate it so much, and I <laughs> and I like it less. Like when I go into this, I would be like, it's a seven out of ten. Now I'm like, okay, it's kind of a five out of ten because I see like it kind of just kind of ruined it in my mind. Um, but I thought it was like, I mean, like I still like the acting and things like that. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that because we're, if we're doing a show about sitcom finales, we can't not talk about How I Met Your Mother, which was like the biggest letdown to so many people, and one of like. It's not just like Scrubs or The Office, Brooklyn Nine Nine, where it's like it's just a story and the story ends. This is entire show is about this is the, the finale. Point. It is the that the is whole why point. people are watching. Yes, it, the call the show is called How I Met Your Mother. It's not called like what I did before I met your mother. You know what I mean? Like it's like even that would be bad. like the entire point of the show is we're waiting for the story of how he met the mother. And then he does it, and then like five minutes later, he's like, but you should go bang this other chick because it is a time jump. So like, yes, they spend time together, but from the viewer perspective, they were only together for five minutes. And so it's disappointing. It's pretty disappointing. Yeah. yeah. That's everything I had to say about the finales and plots. Uh, I'm thinking, looking at the other ones. Uh, I think I remember Modern Family was pretty good, but I don't really remember it too much. Schmidt, the new girl was good. I love Schmidt. If anybody watches New Girl... <laughs> Winston! Typical! Typical! Are you the criminals? From the statistics? White man! Typical! Typical. Okay. Um, he is amazing. I love his acting. I love the character. It's so goofy and amazing. Um, Winston also is just a gem. Winston is... Everybody likes Nick. I don't like Nick because he's, he's a normal character. He's just a lazy guy. Um, but the other two are very, very, very unique. And I really, really like them. Um, and Winston being the, uh, the, he pulls pranks on people. Can I spoil this for you? Or do you want to watch the end? I feel like I want to watch okay. it. I've already gotten a few episodes Yeah, true. In. He just, he's a prankster. And in the end, he does a prank thing. And it's like, <laughs> like, it's just, it's a callback. It's just a callback. And okay. it's like, the callback is really good. Um, yeah, I like the, I really like the finale of New Girl. I thought New Girl was like an underrated sitcom that people don't want to talk about. But I really liked how how goofy and unorganized it is. Like, they let the... They let, most shows, they have arguments. They film one person, they film the other person, then they stitch it together and make it look like a full conversation. But in this one, they exactly. just let them But in this one, they just let them talk. So they can cut each other off in sentences like I just did to you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they can, like... They can... There's, I think there's some arguments where somebody's talking and somebody, like, makes fun of the way they're talking. And they're like, what the heck? But they stay in character and they build off of it and stuff. Which definitely happens in real life. Yes, which is great. Which definitely happens in real life. <laughs> but it's, it, it's great. And I, th- I think that it, it definitely... It makes the show feel so natural and so, like, organic. Which I really like about it. 
Um, it doesn't. It doesn't feel scripted. It just feels like these people are just kind of goofing around. And with the improv, they were able to do with like Schmidt and stuff like that as well. Um, like Schmidt mispronouncing things. Capons. I have the capons. Chutney. The chutney. Yeah. Um, it's just great. I I love New Girl. The finale was good. Looking at these other shows, Arrested um, Development. I really love I Job, love and I love the humor and stuff. I just don't remember the finale, and I stopped watching season four after the reboot. Mm, yeah, Arrested Development was before its time. It had a lot of interconnectedness between the. Uh, I think it. I think it had the most. The shows. I think it had the most most jokes per minute. I think that's what it, what it, the stat was there. Impressive. Because it was just like constant, and they were like some of them were like really like intelligent jokes that I really really appreciate. Yeah, I and like, some of them are just complete bullshit. Yes, like, the, like a lot of Job stuff. The is chicken kind of sounds garbage, like. But, they can go from one end of the spectrum to the other. <laughs> yeah. Jo- in a second. And, yeah. But I really liked it. Um, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec is my favorite love, sitcom. I love Ron Swanson. My favorite and, character. And Ben. But yeah. Ron Swanson is like, he to me he's like Honestly, top tier. The man. characters in the show, all of them are amazing. Every single And scene. Nick Offerman, the guy who plays Ron Swanson. Yes. He is a woodworker in real life. And everything that's on the show that he built, he actually he built actually in real built. life. Yes, um, I love that. And I he know, had a little cameo loved. on The Good Place where he taught Tahani how to build something. She built like a chair. Yeah. That was fun to see. Because he was learning, she was learning from Ron Swanson. Ron, Ron Swanson's great. Um, well, not Ron Swanson, no, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman, yeah. Um, Same but, person. Basically. And then also his wife being Tammy. Being Tammy is too so from good. the library. The oh. one, well, the ones that like always have these like this raw sexual energy. It's so much more satisfying to watch when you're like, oh, that's his wife. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, because it's, like, I would love to do that with Mario. That'd be so goofy and weird. Like, it's just, like, but it's, like, but if you're married, you don't want to do it with some other random person, right? Yeah. Like, as much, because then you have to fake it. But for them, like, they you can... You would love to do that with your wife? No. Like, I... get arrested and make out between the bars? <laughs> no, I mean, like, if I was an actor, I would love for my wife to be um, my love interest. Yes. But, like, in that really goofy way, where you can, like... Where you're just being completely so complete, raunchy that everyone yes. around you is super uncomfortable. Yes, but it's just, okay, like, hilarious that makes more because, sense Yeah, now. it's just, like, hilarious because you're, like, you're actually in love and you really care about this person deeply and everything. But then it's just, like... And yeah, you're just it's making just, out like a complete idiot. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's just funny. Um, and so every time I watch that now, I'm like, oh, they're really in love. <laughs> yes. Um, that's everything I can think of here. Yeah. I don't know what else to say, and we want to end this before an hour and 30, and we have really quick post-credit scene. Post-credit, post-credit scene? Post-credit scene. Post-credit scene. Okay. Um, so that's everything for that, and we will get into the post-credit scene now. Okay, thanks for listening. So, post-credit scene for today is... What's going on in our lives? Uh, well, we're talking about sitcoms. Maybe we should, maybe we should uh, talk about sitcoms. Like, what, what stuff are you watching right now? What am I watching right now? Trying to get through Ozark and New Girl? What do you mean trying to get through Ozark? Ozark is so good. The episodes it's are so long, good. and I don't have a lot of time on my hands between classes and dealing with the True. Dealing with me? <laughs> Bro. Okay, but I don't go to classes, so <laughs> that's why I have so much time. No, um Yeah, Ozark is so good though. And I think you'll really like it because it's just like it's so like again in my mind objectively well made. You don't have to enjoy it, but I feel like it's like it won I mean it won Emmys for directing and that's like a good sign that it's well made. Um and Jason what's his name? Bateman. Jason Bateman. I wanna say Jason Bourne for a second there. Bateman is also 
from American Psycho. I have not seen that. What's the guy's name though? You've seen Might that? be Jason Bateman. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I would recommend watching uh, Ozark 100%. It's not a sitcom, but it is a TV show. What watching are you watching right now? Well, You're watching Fargo? Are I'm you watching, watching Fargo still? I'm watching Fargo, Ozark, and Scrubs. And Community. And The Mandalorian. <laughs> so, what Is I'm there doing, a new season of that? Is there a season like three? No, it's season one, two, and then there's Book of Boba Fett, and season two will come up next year, most likely. Okay, I, so Boba Fett doesn't Correct. I went to my sister and I was like, I want to watch the man. I want to watch the book of Boba Fett. My sister was like, let's watch the Mandalorian first. I'm like, okay. Oh, so you're actually watching that. We watched one episode and then that's it for the last month. Well, the like, first episode's the best episode. My sister's just not, what? It's my favorite episode. It's a good episode. You are high as a kite. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is good, I guess. It is Maybe? top tier. The introductions, the like the establishing the world yeah it just i don't know i've maybe because i've seen it so many times i've seen it like four times and everything else like once or twice i've seen it like twice though so that's why so, um yeah. it, i just got the fatigue um like i know what's gonna happen what happens sort of thing but i also love the music in the mandalorian <laughs> Also, fun fact. <laughs> I regret this. directed that episode. And he was the voice of the robot. And he was the voice of the robot. He's my favorite director. Not Jason Bateman. Not Jason Bateman. Um, but yeah, so I'm watching that with my sister and I'm watching Scrubs. Watch Scrubs more often though. And then by myself, I'm watching Community, Fargo, and Ozark. I'm almost done. I'm halfway through season two of Ozark. Um, I am. Ha I'm. I'm done season four. I'm on season five of Community now, um, and I am on Fargo like the beginning. You are probably not even done the first episode. I'm done the first episode. Okay. 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 I need to watch the second episode. Well, because the first episode was like that was pretty good, but I want to like want to watch it but I, I typically watch shows while I'm gaming or while I'm doing other stuff have you been a bad boy I love that inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I don't know that's what I'm watching right now I really recommend people watch Ozark and you and and Fargo Daredevil and, and <laughs> Community just all the shows you like <laughs> Nah, but if you're gonna watch a sitcom, I'd say Scrubs is my top recommendation. Um, I would recommend Parks and Rec. Yeah, if, if you like dark, if you like some serious, dark. Your, if you like some serious in your happiness, some drama to balance. Yeah, if you like a couple of sprinkles of seriousness, a little bit spicy, then go with uh, Scrubs. There. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're watching right now. Well, we should say something else. That's kind of boring, man. <sighs> Like what? I don't know. I already sang Mandalorian. You come up with one of them. I'm trying to get you to watch musicals, but you keep saying next oh, time. Oh. We're going to have a musical time. podcast, and I probably I, forcibly against my will have watched one you or two. You have to. Um, <laughs> and this, you heard it here first. This is uh, 
And he's like, I don't want to watch these movies. Uh, They're really good. Boys in the Band. The Boys in the Band. Oh, man. I wrote oh, like boy. a thousand words on the Boys in the Band. Just the ending. Not even an analysis of the rest of you it. You said a thousand words, but for Bo Burnham, you also said you wrote a lot. And then you I talked never, about like 10 minutes. I never wrote anything about Bo Burnham. I did expect to talk more about that. Yeah. But I just tend to like ramble and talk really fast when I'm on my own. I didn't have a lot of... Maybe, yeah. You didn't really help me out there with the conversation. Well, because you were like, you know all this in-depth stuff, and I was like... I, I do, and I mentioned The song's kind of funny, it says funny things. <laughs> I, I do that. I do that when I'm put on the spot. Give me two hours and a laptop, and I'll type a proper essay, yeah, but... You, could, you can prep for these all you want. I, I should've. Do. I do, come on. I should've. You prep for these? <laughs> I do a little bit can of stuff. Can you white write board, on the whiteboard? Yeah, I did. I don't see any of your writing well, I, erased, I wrote to see if the pen worked, then gave it to you, and then I erased what I wrote. <laughs> okay, well this is, I think this is, this is everything for the, for the, for the post-credit scene. Um, and we will see whoever is here uh, for the next episode. Have a good one. I am Iron Man. <laughs>